Does it have to be 500 pesos? Hello everybody and welcome to the Filipino Freethinkers podcast that's also a video. I'm Red. And I'm Frank. And this is our final episode of the Presidential Candidate Series, our take on the most popular candidate today. I, I don't know tomorrow because, you know, something's developing. Rodrigo, Roa, Duterte, and Sarah Zimmerman. What? <laughs> I, I'm just repeating the name in the, in the, the infamous account. Anyway. Um, we'll talk about him and the new president syndrome. If you want to know what that is and whether you have that, wait for uh, till after we discuss Rodrigo Duterte. So, what's your uh, general impression of him? General impression of him is he's a ridiculous candidate to even have and to to be leading the polls. Um, he he's an embarrassment to our presidential race, our country. If he wins, and it's I think very apparent. He's in the top, he's in the front page of Reddit for what he said about how he would pardon himself mm -hmm. for murder. Okay. And it's very obvious there how people are finding this really ridiculous. Um, let's start with the, the positives of the candidate, you know, to be fair. Yeah. So I have been pretty critical of him, but I do recognize the, the validity of his candidacy. So he represents, of course that anti-establishment, anti-administration vote. A lot of people are unhappy about how Pinoy has behaved yeah. in his candidacy. The, the arrogance, I think, the not apologizing for anything that, you know... Anything that goes wrong in his administration. Anything that goes wrong, it's not, it's my not fault. his fault. You know, yeah. he's, he has some lame excuse. And you can't blame the people for being angry about that, mm -hmm. about, you know, Abaya, about... How Mama Sapano yeah. or how even the Kidapawan was handled. People are so angry. Yeah. To be fair, I think if you want to go anti-administration and if you want change, you really go Duterte because yes. the change is coming thing is not more apparent on anyone else except yeah. Duterte. He's the most different yep. from the current administration. He's like the that that wrench. You know, you throw a wrench into the machine yeah. and it doesn't run. You know, it, it stops. Yeah. You know, it halts. And this is exactly the kind of change that he is promising. He promises things like he will uh, close Congress. Congress. Yeah. You know, he will... Well, the, the promises have been lighter and lighter as the campaign went on. You know, at first it was kill corrupt politicians. And then it became like just, I'll forgive you, just stop. Yeah. You know, I don't care how much you've accumulated, stop. Just, just really stop. So... You know, it has uh, evolved into that, into that more palatable kind of stopping. Yeah. But yeah, he, he promises that kind of change. He's also not part of the usual oligarchy. And I say usual because the oligarchy in Davao, he's part of the power in Davao. Yeah, they he have is, their own little yeah, oligarchy Yeah, he going is on. the king of Davao, practically, so to speak. You want to start a business in Davao, you... You have to talk to the guy, you know, like, are you bringing drugs into my country? Are you smuggling? You know, are you going to keep it clean? You know, you go there, you kiss his ring, essentially. You know, he's the, you know he might not ask for that one condo unit per new yeah. hotel that you're building or condominium that you're building. But he, he has some power in Davao. And he just uh, wants to show you his iron fist, like, as you're okay, okay. Davao. Like, <laughs> like, like I, I'm, I think... Jumping into the negative too much right, here. Right, right. So the positives are 
like he's although he's part of that the the power in Davao it is from Davao it is from Mindanao and we've always been ruled by someone from the capital and people want change now someone from Mindanao representing the Philippines will necessarily divert more attention to where he's from yeah and it's not just Mindanao that's behind him the Visayas, yeah, Visayas largely too. feels like it's been left out by um, what's Imperial Manila or whatever yeah. you call capital capital yeah the capital, <laughs> capital so yeah. so the the 12 what are they called? <laughs> yeah. so they so okay. they want representation and they think someone from Visayas or Mindanao who okay. speaks Visaya most importantly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is more them yeah so they feel obviously someone like Duterte who yeah. is more who is more grassroots closer to the to them yeah than, than people in Manila who are who they imagine maybe live in condos all the time and and very very so very as the as the money and gold is being you know sent to Mindanao you know some of it trickles down <laughs> in Visayas as well yeah uh, speaking of Visayas like he's a proud Visaya yeah like yes. someone insulting him merits a, a gunshot a shot to the you know a missed shot was it, it missed? It did miss. It, oh, did, okay. it did miss. But, you know, he would fight for uh, Visayas. Um, he claims to be um, worthy of calling people Moros. Right? Yeah, he yeah. Has, he has the, the Moro card. He can joke with them. You know, he understands their plight. And I believe him. He appreciates yeah. the plight of these, these people who have a, a long history of being oppressed by people from, from Luzon. And they have grievances. And they want those grievances addressed not in a token way you know as yeah. as has been experienced and perceived by them but in a genuine way and they think a lot of people believe that duterte is the best person to do that yeah i think duterte is very different from what you would see traditional politicians the, the type you would see on tv yeah. the pictures you see of him to be entirely fair from davao maybe in his early days as a mayor yeah. really show him on the ground with people talking to people and in a very candid way yeah so he's always he's like their cabarcada their yeah. cabarangay the and drinking buddy the drinking buddy yeah. and he shares the same outrage that they would feel like if they were in a situation so the 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 primal anger you feel because this crime and that crime is happening yeah. he will share it with you and he, he's as angry as he's you. as angry as the most angry person yeah you know like he's angrier even yeah. you know and he does things about it um, we will go to the negative in a bit so let's not go to the yeah, death no. squad first still in but the, the, yeah, the, yeah still in the positive i mean like he is he is you feel like he's on your side no matter what atrocities we might accuse him of yeah the people who who are for him feel like these atrocities are committed like for them yeah. it's not against them so when when he's killing drug addicts for example like they, it's it's easy to feel like it's not me the, yeah. the, these drug addicts these criminals are not me yeah so they're the people who make my life worse yeah. and he, it's easy to feel like He's making their lives better. And Duterte says things like, I will offer my life for you. If yes. you're uh, in a hostage situation, I would volunteer my body and my health and my life to for a chance at saving you. Yeah. And I believe him. Or his I mean, um, back in his golden days, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't think he has the gusto anymore, do you think? I, I mean I, I, would, I would he Jack so. Bauer stuff up? Uh, still, you know, would I, he, I don't. Maybe think in so. his heyday, you know? he would. I think he he could easily say he would still. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he feels like it, but yeah. he's more high profile now than he was before. He has some a lot more. He has to lose. more to lose. Yeah. yeah. But uh, once upon a time, he was that sincere. I will give him that. You know, whether a president should even do that, 
I should don't. That, I don't think a mayor should even or, or offer a himself mayor, as yeah should be hostage, involved in like, the raid yeah. and with, with his own Uzi. That's another thing. But his sincerity in wanting to help people, in wanting to change their lives for the better, yeah, it's there. Yeah, it comes right? across especially. I mean, in the support. he shares in the outrage of the oppressed, and he shares in the outfit as well. I mean, his wardrobe is always like that. Whatever striped old T-shirt, you know, like his shoes are. But uh, are they as tattered as Maro has his clothes? <laughs> yes. I mean, even if he wears Maro has his clothes, yeah, yeah. they would probably still look more down to earth. You know, yeah. he's not the one to wear the the affluent clothing of the other candidates. He lacks the class. So yeah, he can identify more with the common folk. And we will give him that. We will mm. give him the sincerity, the, the need for change. And I think the, the the promise here, the main promise here, is that he will not be the traditional politician who would enable corruption. You know, if there are corrupt people in power, he will not be afraid of them and he will ask them to stop yeah. firmly. I, I don't know exactly what he would do, but he would, of all the candidates, make the most sincere effort to stop corruption. We will get to the negative now. Okay. Right? And I think this is a... Um, we have to start with the Davao Death Squad. Yes. Because this is the main thing for me. Like I, I said early on, you know, you you had them at Davao, but you lost me at Death Squad. I mean, if you're not reconsidering your vote for him because of all of the, the things that the Human Rights Watch, you know, the Commu Commission on Human Rights, Amnesty International, have written and said about his involvement in the Davao Death Squad, you know, not even considering what he himself has said yeah. about the Davao Death Squad, there must be something wrong with you. I'm, I, I'm sorry, but I have to say it. This guy allegedly has killed innocent, alleged criminals, most of them young, out-of-school youths who, you know, wanted a better chance at life, you know, couldn't afford it, and now they're dead. You know, and the ones who did not die, if you read this report, uh, you know, you could die any day, like what written yeah. by the Human Rights Watch, Carlos Conde, I think. Yeah, the defenses I've heard against that, yeah. um, I don't want to be the, the advocate for, for Duterte, but the defenses I've heard about that are, these are all accusations. Okay, and he's not in jail. He's not in jail. Okay. So they all, all they say is, I mean, they all say, um, well, if you, there's no case, I mean, put a case against him. File a case. File a case, file and a then, case. like, he's not in prison right now, so... These are all accusations. He must and be innocent. You know? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, anyone can throw an accusation. The hypocrisy of having that standard for Duterte, not for someone like Binay. You know, everyone's so yeah. sure that Binay is guilty. He's not in jail, guys. Yeah. Like, is he innocent yeah. because of that? And Binay, to be fair to him, does not parade bragging about stealing like millions of pesos. He doesn't say yeah. that. He doesn't make it part of his policy. Duterte on the other hand. So we're going towards what Duterte himself has said besides the accusations. Yeah. And Duterte stands for what he's been accused of. Yeah. He's dialed it back a little bit as he became a candidate. For as um, Cayetano has kneeled in front of him doing who knows what, praying, you know, at the very least. Yeah. Please dial it down a bit. Like, you're, you're making us look bad. These summary executions are not so acceptable, Yeah, but it from, seems. Yeah. from the beginning, he's been saying that he is the Davao Death Squad. He won't hesitate to kill um, criminals, accused criminals, not yeah. even minors. He won't hesitate. I won't hesitate and to then, kill minors. Yeah, so he, he dials it down he's a little coded. bit. And yeah. then, but, but it's really there. What he has said yeah. um, is what he stands behind. And people can't defend, say, defend that, those statements 
besides saying that he's just joking, he's exaggerating. But yeah. no, no one Binay doesn't joke about being corrupt, about like I'm I yeah. I'm stealing yeah. money, ha ha ha. Yeah. And then his defenders will not say he's just joking. Hmm. So um, de- de- defending Duterte's statements by saying he's just joking is is just it's ridiculous. Okay. Like a person, I can go. I mean, a person goes out in the street saying that he will kill, he will kill this and that, he will rape this and that, or or whatever. No one's, no one's gonna say he's just joking. Yeah. Like that's a threat. So at worst, Duterte is the kingpin, the the, the warlord um, at the top of the Davao Death Squad. At worst. Yeah. At best, he's the guy. Who's enabled these people? Yes, you know who's who's given them free reign in the city, like for um, for having caused more than a thousand deaths because of um, summary executions, extrajudicial killings. He's responsible for that in one way or another, and sad to say, that's his platform. Yes, that's it. That's no the that's the main thing. You know, his war on drugs is the main thing, and this war on drugs has never worked any place in the world. You can read the link about it. You know, so many countries are realizing this, this just now. And it's kind of like those, those uh, worn down or busted buses that we import from Japan or that trash that we got from Canada. I mean, why would you import something that's trash? That's garbage. The war on drugs is garbage. It does not work. And why are people like buying this, this is his platform. If there's anything unique about Duterte, it's his uh, stance on, a, on the war on drugs. It's his belief that the main problem of the Philippines is narco-politics. And other than that, he will just copy from everyone else. Yeah. You know, the good things that Poe or Miriam, of course not Mar, he wouldn't admit to copying anything from Mar. From Miriam, even from Binay, he would copy all of those, right? So his main thing, his main platform is the war on drugs. And it's been proven to not work. What's up? What, what's, what's happening here? Yeah, I think people see it work in yeah. Davao City when they see clean streets, when they don't see criminals on the streets. Yeah. But really, the statistics that about Davao City are, yeah. n- are not good at all. Yeah. Like, I don't remember the numbers, but maybe, maybe it will be shown on screen right now. But uh, just because you, see, you don't see crime happening in front of you doesn't mean it's not happening. And... When did we stop counting extrajudicial killings as crime? Even if it's just one, Duterte, yeah. who says that, who kills all the criminals, and everyone supports him, like everyone, by virtue of supporting him, has become an accomplice. Yeah, so, um, the ones who walk away from Davao is a piece that I, I wrote. You, you should read it. Um, it encapsulates my, my thoughts on this. And um, aside from the victims of the extrajudicial killings, every member of the Davao Death Squad is a victim. Because they should be rehabilitated. They should be taught that, you know, killing is not good. You should make a livelihood doing something else. Because these people are being paid. Yeah. They're not humanitarian volunteers here. Like cleaning Davao, like free of charge, pro bono. No. They are being paid. They, they make a living as uh, murderers for hire, as hitmen. And if that's their line of work, what's to stop some, like, mining firm owner hiring these politicians and asking them to kill journalists who oppose them yeah right and it and that has happened you know like some deaths in Davao might not be even because of Duterte you know it might be some opportunistic capitalist saying oh it will be blamed on the death squads if this guy dies so I'm just gonna throw my my uh, murder for hire in the mix and it will be lost and I bet it has happened and a lot of people surrounding Davao you know Tagum Digos mm-hmm. 
like even in Cebu, they have copied the Davao Death Squad model. And um, not only are there innocent victims, there are innocent victims. These people, these children who are hired, you know, um, if you haven't read that thing we linked to earlier, the story goes that some kids, they're threatened to change their, their lifestyle, you know, stop or join the Davao Death Squad. You're going to be the new inductee. You're going to help us. And this, this child, instead of being given a chance to go back to school, yeah. is now uh, a murderer in the Davao Death Squad. You know, it, it's one thing to think that Duterte is honest, you know, and he will not uh, abuse his power as if he's not already done that, having the Death Squad there. But it's another to think that the 500 or so members of the Davao Death Squad are all innocent and will only murder when they are ordered by the people on top. I don't think so. Yeah. That's, that's naive to think. You have um, more than 500 people who are outside the system and you expect them to wield their power only for good. Think about that. Like, are, if, if someone as honest as, as Digong were just as easy, like, if there are 500 of these guys, like, wow, like, so many potential presidents and senators. Even if you assume that the Davao Death Squad, Death Squad thing works, like, what, are you going to do it for the entire country? Yeah. So you, It's you, not going to scale, guys. Yeah, it's not going to scale. And even, what, what are you going to have? You're going to have rival gangs in each, mm. in each barangay, in each province, having their own death squad. And it legitimizes death squads for everyone. And what do you have? You just have armed militia. Like, yeah. everywhere. Just people with their own... Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. Their, their own little mini army. Yeah. And so, who then is the bad guy? Which death squad is the right death squad? Yeah. And which murders will be counted? And um, let me just get this out there. When people say, you know, but look at Davao. Yeah, I'm looking at Davao. It's a failed fucking state. I mean, if you have a death squad, you know, if you require a death squad for peace and order to happen, you have just failed. You know, you have cheated. Yeah. Like, this is one thing that, that people, I don't get people saying that, Duterte is not corrupt. If he is indeed involved with the Davao Death Squad, then he is corrupt. He has cheated. You know, he has played without a net. You know, it's like, okay, I can't solve, I can't win the elections. Uh, what do I do? I rig the votes. Yeah. I buy votes. That's cheating. Oh, I can't solve this crime problem in Davao. Oh, I, I'll just make a death squad and kill all the criminals. You know, like that's cheating too. Yeah. That's corruption too. Um, Digong has failed. And it takes a certain kind of person to, to order others to kill, you know, to, to, to run that kind of system. And you're championing that. You know, you, you champ, you're championing the cheater who is willing to resort to murder. And um, you're saying that he should not only be mayor of Davao, he should be the president of the country. People keep touting Duterte's um, political will. That's always what they throw around because he has the power in Davao. The, iron fist that makes businesses fall in line criminals fall in line the political will like what what is that political will in the form of a death squad like if you had political will you could reform the political system the justice yeah. system yeah. arrest people the kids especially without having to shoot them and then let the justice system work its course like people keep saying the justice system is failed so so we just like execute summarily execute people on the streets but if you have political will, and if Davao is an ideal city, yeah. the, the, the justice system would work better there than anyone, anywhere else, and you wouldn't need that, that squad. Yeah. Davao is a city that has given up and has resorted to illegal means. Yes, and people like it. And people like it. But, you know, I think people liking it is kind of like that, um, 
that that thing where you know you're you're one of the the criminals you know you're complicit in the crime so you justify it to yourself that it must be good because i am a good person and i wouldn't uh, be supportive of something that's evil so this must be good i think that's the kind of ha thing happening that cognitive dissonance is hurting you know that I, I think davao has a serious case of cognitive dissonance it hurts their consciences that they're supportive of it so it must have been good they, they rationalize yeah. in reverse and okay um we have the privilege of not living in davao you know yeah. like it must be hard being scared for your life for your property for your loved ones Let's, let's grant them that. Yeah. What that does give us, though, is the objectivity of, of looking at the situation and saying that, no, that, that's still kind of wrong, you know? Like, to, yeah, to be fair, there are Davao citizens, we don't want to discount them, who yeah. are against this kind of... Oh, yeah. And oh, there yeah. Are, but there are also a lot of non-Davao citizens who like it, from Manila, A, B, and C, yeah. I hear, yeah. are very pro-Duterte, and I don't know... That actually, it kind of makes sense. It makes sense. Why? It makes yeah. sense because the the like I mentioned earlier, the pros, the, of course, the victims of the Davao Death Squad are poor. Yes, that's it. Like they don't have money to hire lawyers. You know, just just, just think about poor kids. You know, they're not in school. Like, what are they gonna do with their time? They can't even pay for League of Legends. You know, they can't. They can't play video games. They can't watch uh, Game of Thrones. What do they do? Rugby? Sniff rugby maybe? Rugby it's, uh, is cheap. It's cheap. You know, you, you do that with your friends. You join the gangs. You need a, a sense of acceptance. You know, you, you don't have the community that people have in school. You don't, you don't have classmates. You don't have friends like that. So, so you get into crime as well. You need to support your hobbies or even just to live, to survive. Yeah. You steal, right? These are the main victims of the Davao Death Squad. Um, the, the ABC who support Duterte won't likely be that victim. They won't even likely know any of the victims. Yes. Like to the what, sixth degree, seventh degree, eighth degree, they're so far removed from the potential or actual victims of the Davao Death Squad that they just don't care. And this narrative that's uh, being thrown around that it's elitists who do not like Duterte, I am sure there are elitists. Yeah. But just look at the numbers. ABCs are for Duterte even. I mean, um, when he was not yet um, number one across all demographics, he was um, leading in the ABC demographic. So what are you talking about elitists supporting Duterte? They're the most insulated from the harm that would be wrought yeah. by a nationwide Philippine death squad. You look at Duterte's statements about the accused criminals in the ABC, what he yeah. would do with them, it's not kill them, but he would, he would pardon he would pardon himself for yeah. murder. He would pardon himself. He would, yes, he actually would, said that. Yeah, he would pardon. Um, who? What did he say about Gloria? So oh, yeah. Let let Gloria free. Free like so many other people. You know, yeah. like the Nanapolis um, people. He would murder. Uh, I mean, murder. He would let Marcos be buried Very, in the Libyan yeah. so, so you can see, if you're talking elitist, Duterte is super yeah. elitist. Yeah, yeah. Like he kills. What the, the the marginalized are the super poor yeah. and the the young, the drug yeah. addicts are marginalized. Yeah. But for some reason Duterte supporters just don't see them as, as important anymore as themselves. Yeah. So if killing a drug addict child will make me feel safer, for some reason that's worth it. Yeah. Like that's super elitist. More elitist than any than Mar Rojas being far removed from the palenque yeah. putting on whatever yeah. stupid crap. So yeah, I mean the Duterte, Duterte's stance, his 
anti-crime, anti-whatever. Uh, it's all on the low level, on the yeah. streets, and it's just not... It's, it's anti-poor. But you don't have faith. Oh. You see, the way it goes is that when Duterte is finally president, he will finally, finally start going after the big guys. Ah, faith. Yeah, he can't, <laughs> yes. you know, it, it is faith. Like, um, I'm calling it, it's a cult of Duterte. There are sensible Duterte supporters, right? But there are also these cultists. Yeah. You know, if there are cultists in this um, campaign season, it's um, in the Duterte crowd. I'm sure there are some in ev supporting every candidate, but the most noisy and the most numerous mm. are the, the cult yeah. cultists of Duterte. Yeah. I mean, he actually has been caught on video now, like wiping his oh, face yes. with a towel, you know, and then Black the, the sweat's style. there, and then he's, he throws that to supporters. And they, I think I they grab wow, The Black Davawin. Okay, that's, that's Duterte now. And he's quoted as saying stuff like, I don't care about the loss of man or the loss of these United Nations human rights yeah. folk. It's the loss of God that, that are in my mind. Is this mind. kind of one law in particular that yeah, he doesn't care about? Yeah, not kill, I think it's way up there in the yeah. top five. And like, he, did, he was quoted in a, in a previous statement that um, if he listened to the loss of the Bible and priests, he wouldn't be able to do his job as a mayor. Like, there you are right there, contradictory statement. Oh, yeah. The third is the flip-flop guy. Yeah. You know, he says something and then contradicts it and uh, the believers are still faith. Yes, because yeah. you, it's easy to cherry-pick. You just, or if, if you don't, if you can't cherry-pick, you just perform some ridiculous mental gymnastics. Yeah. And then like, oh, he twists his words yeah, yeah, and yeah. just believe that no matter what he says, if he says something you disagree with, he's joking. And you know what? Like, we've, We've spent so many minutes now, like discussing the negatives of Duterte. We haven't even mentioned his thoughts on women. Ah, yes. I mean, because to me, like, if you're a sensible person, if, you know, you care about human rights, you're a free thinker, and all that. Like, he sh you should have been lost at the death squad. That the death squad yeah. itself, his support for it, his rhetoric of um, summary executions being the best solution, you should have been like opposing Duterte, like. Just from there. Yeah. And everything else is just gravy, right? But anyway, let's talk about gravy. Gravy's nice. You know, I, I used to like it. Anyway, his thoughts on women, when he made that joke, rape joke, rape narrative, whatever, yeah. you know, for him to say, to actually explain, and if you haven't yet, watch this video. Like, it's not as popular as the, the initial speech ones. Yeah. But this one is the, is the one that most uh, clearly explains what he thinks about women. So if you don't want to watch it, we'll, we'll tell you about what happened. He essentially said that the way, it, the way he talks is like this. Like, look at these guys. They're already eating, and we, the mayor, and my friends, we haven't even eaten yet. Like, look at this guy who's not studying. Like, he got val valedictorian. He doesn't deserve it. And look at these criminals. You know, they, they got to rape this beautiful woman, and the mayor hasn't even gotten to rape the beautiful woman yet. You know, see, see, there's the pattern. You know, he thinks that some people are entitled to things, and the mayor is entitled to most things. Yes. And he, he, he gets first dibs at raping the woman. He doesn't even get, it's not even in his, you know, thought space that it's wrong to think rape is a good thing. You know, he calls Marro has not rapeable, Meaning he himself, he thinks he, he is rapeable. You know, he throws around rape like this. And, you know, I just, you know, I give up. But no, 
I have to fight. I mean, I we need to talk about Duterte. What, what do you think? I don't understand the women who are pro Duterte. I mean, okay, Mocha Uson, you know, she was a staunch RH supporter as well. So one would assume that she's for women's rights, but yeah, okay. I mean, people, okay, yeah. people, the people stands in the death squads. I mean, I think I agree that should be the number one objection to his running. Yeah, and then okay, so. But the rape is more more visceral, I guess, to a lot of women. It's something that uh-huh. could happen to them. Probably, a lot of women fear it now, every day. Sad to say, like the, the rape comments affect the ABC crowd as well. Yes. I mean, the, the summary executions ones, that's more of a DE, yeah. primarily E uh, kind of threat. So that's so, where... That's so where the reason this became international even, I think, is because it affects... Uh, women from all classes and primarily the ABCs because the DEs they're used to that kind of language yeah. you know that and that's the therapist excuse himself yes that, that's, that's, that's the, their language yeah, so you, the ABCs are the ones affected by the, the rape rhetoric of the therapist yeah so the therapist says like that's his defense being from from the low level what he blamed his gutter language up, upbringing uh, yeah. on his uh, gutter language so yeah. um, so he's so his his just the fact in his defense, like from the first statement, he called Marojas not rapable. That was the worst thing in his entire video to me. Yeah. Because he has a word rape or he has criteria for yeah. what is or is not rapable. Attractiveness and, is the and probably in, instantly he determined this dead woman was rapable. Yep. So yep. he has a criteria. Extremely rapable, yeah. you know, like uh, as beautiful as an American and, actress. And you know, what a waste. And he you know, uses that there. to excuse his gutter language. Like yeah. he just he just cursed that he didn't get to rape this rapable yeah. woman. And okay, yes, I obviously that's that's really like I'm offended by that kind of person. But like, why are a lot of women not? Exactly. Uh, um, I think it's the. The politics going on here, you know, they 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 still really hate Mar so much. Yes, yes. That, that's probably it. Like, if this weren't a campaign season, you know, if yeah. Mar Rojas had nothing to gain from like Duterte being criticized, the country would be closer to consensus in criticizing Duterte. Like he would be if he, you know, people would actually be more in unison in asking him to um, apologize or step down. Yeah. But no, like no. we have a lot to risk. You know, Marojas might be president. Yeah. Or Binay, like a lot of people, you know, Sino. Well, like who's your candidate? Binay or Marojas? Uh, so people are just being quiet, you know. And, you know, I have to address them. This podcast is not, not about them. But I have to address the Duterte supporters who get it, who get how evil the things Duterte says are. You know, he, they, they understand this, but they're quiet. Yeah. They, they, they're quiet and they acquiesce to this, you know. Like, I'm fort- we're fortunate that this crazy mob is on our side and will propel our candidate to victory. So I will not say anything about the atrocious things that Duterte has said. You guys have a lot of apologizing to do, I think. You know, like, pray at night. How do you sleep? How do you sleep? You know, you, you, you justify this. You, like, it's one thing to not know that there's anything wrong about what Duterte says. But to consciously know that, that those things are horrible, it has justified and has perpetuated a rape culture yeah. uh, in our country. Um, and not only the, the rape culture, the, the, the culture of marginalizing minorities. Because Duterte threw jabs at that, oh, like people disabled. living with disa- disabilities as yeah. well. And you know, so many. He will, he will take them off one by one. 
like you're you're quiet on that and you're on the side of the, the oppressor on this but you I, they must have done some weighing you know it's still more valuable to them that Duterte is the winner I mean they could have nuanced it a bit I'm still for Duterte but I condemn his evil atrocious um, statements or, or actions right yeah you know because he has done some actions it's not be just been only words he has gone around like kissing women who were unwillingly subjected to his saliva I mean not everyone wants his saliva and semen and uh, sweat, sweat um, on their bodies right but Duterte just thinks he's entitled he's the fucking mayor and he can kiss anyone he wants so these behaviors they get a free pass because they want Duterte to win and that's on you before I forget and we, we would have forgotten like he's actually corrupt as well. <laughs> like yeah. Like look at that. Would you look at that? The narrative used to be like of the two evils, the two obvious evils. We have the killer who kills with a heart of gold. Yeah, okay. And but people can say Binai steals with a heart of gold as well because he does benefit a lot of poor people with the policies that he has in Makati. Yes. He has a very good like um, welfare system. Yeah, there. yeah. Medical. I, I like you know, that benefits. the senior citizens have free medical checkups. That, that too, that too. Those are actually good. So yeah. anyway, Binay Duterte and people choose Duterte because at least he does not steal and at least he's transparent about his money. Yeah, money is the concern of the ABC. Yeah. And do not death. steal our money. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. I mean, you're not gonna kill me. I'm not a drug. I mean, you're not. Child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but how much can you steal from poor people, right? But from the ABC, they, they pay taxes, and the taxes are the ones being stolen. So yeah. no, I don't want that. You're gonna negatively affect yeah. me. But the difficult thing, I, I mean, it's hard to discuss Duterte without talking about Duterte supporters, yeah. and there are way too many of them to generalize them. There's really the, the myth of. Duterte supporters being stupid, the the yeah. Bobotante or okay. the Dutertards. That's really it's really not right to make those generalizations. I no. mean there there are stupid supporters in every camp. That's true. And then that's true. And there are smart Dutertes in, in my Facebook friends list. Me so too. many. Like in the free thinkers, there are a lot of um, smart Duterte supporters. Yeah, sure. So yeah, but okay, you can't call them stupid, but I can call them unethical. Okay. By by just being behind a person who promotes murder. And um, not only that, like these are the people who have also thrown death, death threats yes. and rape threats around like they were... Yeah, the worst, the worst supporters yeah. I have seen from yeah. any camp are always like, always yeah. from Duterte. Always from Duterte. Except for it, one pro-mar, I guess. You know, like, okay, newsflash, like some random kid got um, rape threats and death threats and... Um, is now in hiding and is you know like filing a cyber yeah. cyber crime suit like which candidate yeah which supporter which supporter right like Lenny Robredo <laughs> wow Lenny Ro no. or even Mar Rojas no why so no. It, like, it's it's really always Duterte and it's easy to see why and the sensible supporters are like not my problem yeah not my problem my candidate's winning anyway when he wins maybe we'll start the education process you know no. maybe they will change but the problem is like what if duterte wins precisely because people are voting for him because he'll kill alleged criminals because he'll behave that way toward women you know those negative qualities of duterte if if half or more than half of the people who support him are voting for him for the wrong reasons like, would the sensible Duterte supporters have any problem with that? I don't know. If you don't, really, how do you sleep at night?
after the elections. All of this fervor, you know, you could call it religious fervor even, of the supporters of candidates, will it still be there? How long will it be there? You know, what, what's your estimate? Two months? Three months? You know, when will it be lost? Like six months? Nobody's talking about... Three to six months. <laughs> Three to six in, months. In, That's the new president syndrome, by yeah. the way. That's the second topic we're talking about. For just a bit, you know, we'll talk about it more on the, the meetup. But because it's kind of like a New Year's resolution. Yes. You know, people think, I'm going to enact this change. I'm going to change my life for the better. You know, January 1st, first week of January, the, the gyms are full. You know, and November, it's empty. You know, that's the kind of thing. Uh, because people see this election exercise, for a lot of people, yeah. it's the one time that they get to contrib contribute in a political way. And that's just not true. Like, you can contribute throughout the year, all year long, 24-7. There's an opportunity for you to do something, to care about issues. But unfortunately, a lot of people, this is this is it. And I think... Part of the, the reason that this argument, you know, like, if you don't vote, you can't, can't complain. complain. You know, that's, that's the kind of logic behind it. Because they think this is the only chance for people to contribute. And that's just not true. Yeah. Being a good citizen, like, is infinitely more significant than your vote. I will put my foot down on that. Like, you could not vote at all and still make more contributions to the to this country to our democracy just by being a good citizen you don't have like it's just one of the things that you could do uh, but it's a good thing that you could do it's one of the things that you could con contribute to we have um, talked about this in past episodes but how can people sustain this how do you think people can sustain this fervor past this election season where, when everybody's so riled up i think it's very very difficult without the threat of death and um, it could be true i mean that the, yeah that threat of death could be a real yes. thing it, it i mean the the davao city okay the good things about what make what make davao nice for example if you're saying that there's no littering and there's no no traffic the drivers are honest yeah that's what makes a city good people okay. not littering drivers being honest people not killing each other those and it's things, really yeah, the people and things. if do you do you really need a person to threaten you with death to not do these things like contribute to a everything that you complain about in in the city like you can contribute to it to those things not happening yeah like giving death threats and rape threats mm. are things that a good city would not experience yeah and then the people who are for duterte like do they need to be threatened with death to not make to not do these reprehensible yeah. things so i mean contributing to a to to governance just really means being a better person you really don't need to elect a murderer to threaten you with death to not do these things yeah. if you like this episode if you support duterte if you're against duterte please share it like share subscribe to our channel um, we will discuss more of duterte and the other candidates at the meetup that's happening um, like details of that are on our website and our social media sites and uh, vote wisely um, on behalf of frank and Garrick and the analyst desk and our millions of staff see you next week <laughs>